Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? It's going well here in Nashville and hey, you're back in North Carolina. I am, I am, back in Wake Forest. Yeah, no no more Japan. A little tired, jet lagged, but... And by a little you mean a lot. A lot, yes. Somewhere I read that it takes a day and a half for every hour. That oh. uh, that's a difference. I've heard a day. I've never heard a day and a half. Either way, it was a thirteen-hour difference. So it's significant. It's right. significant. Yes, sleeping, trying to get back on schedule, but just tired is the truth. Yeah, yeah. I bet. Plus, it. I mean, it was a it was a busy ten days and a long flight back, and the heat wave that everyone is uh, talking about. Uh, international in the international news, uh, the heat wave in Japan—that is no joke. Really? Oh yeah. It was like ninety degrees though. I mean, they were freaking out about like ninety, ninety-five degrees. No, like one spot in Japan hit one hundred and five. Oh well, I mean, it's like one hundred and fifteen in Dallas the other day. I'm sorry if my if my compassion for the the heat wave in Japan is is lacking. Jonathan, it was it was pretty bad. It, it, it was pretty significant, and we were outside a lot, walking the streets. So I'm going to just go ahead and say it was pretty rough. So we did some uh, did some mapping. Uh, so we did some city mapping. We did some outreach events, a lot of things to help. We helped a new church plant. We visited a church that's been there for, I think, 50 years uh, learned a lot about what the missionaries are doing on the ground. There was a lot outside, but we tried to get inside as much as we could and stay hydrated. Um, yeah. It, so just so you know, I just looked this up. It was a few days ago while we were there. Um, it got to 105 degrees Fahrenheit, the highest ever on record in Japan. So wow. Okay. Yeah. It's so it's a. I mean, it's like 10 degrees hotter than average temperatures at this time. So. It, it was it was pretty pretty tough, but lots of air conditioning, so we made it made sure we stayed inside and drank water a lot. Uh, but it was really incredible to see the work there, and um, th- I learned a few things that I did not know. Uh, first of all, the IMB has a an active operation there. They've got a great uh, they have teams all over the country in different places. We were with the Tokyo team, of course. Uh, but then also spent time with the cluster leader for all of Japan and um, learned about kind of operations across the whole country. Uh, but I bet you didn't know this, but Japan is the second largest unreached people group that the IMB that. works with. You did? I did know that. Well, it's, it's pretty amazing uh, because in the top 10, it's the only country that is not closed. Yeah. So the way they described it and tar you know the way they would say it is it's an open country uh but a closed country in the sense yes. that you know it's open they are there serving freely as missionaries there's uh, full religious freedom but the culture is very uh, difficult to break into with the gospel and so the work they are doing uh is is long and it can be challenging but they work very hard and it was a it was a real joy to see what they're doing and uh kind of be a part of it for a little while and it's a it's a beautiful country um and and wonderful people but really in need of hope yeah and and the only reason i knew that is because i had a friend that served as a mission uh the mission service corps or whatever the nsc 
group uh, in Japan for a couple of years. Okay. So. Well, I would urge, and and I'll we should put the link in the show notes. Um, some of the things on imb.org about Japan. Uh, folks should definitely check it out and see the work that we are doing there. It's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Amy, I'm glad you're back. It's good to have you back here in the States and uh, be recording like normal again. And before we jump into the news this week, do want to thank our sponsor for each and every episode located in Louisville, Kentucky. The Southern Baptist Theological Seminary is committed to training future pastors, missionaries, and gospel leaders. You can learn more about undergraduate, graduate, and doctoral degree programs by visiting sbts.edu. I know they're getting geared up for a, a new semester, like all of our seminaries are. So uh, things probably getting getting ready for the all the new students to hit in uh, about, what, two or three weeks, huh? Yeah, uh, fall semester is just right around the corner. All right, well, jumping into the news this week, just before we uh, sat down to record, got an email from Pastor J.D. Greer. Uh, he has announced the formation of a new sexual abuse presidential study group uh, to uh, really look at some of the uh, sexual abuse issues that we've seen across the convention, both uh, you know in entities as well as in churches. Amy, uh, big news coming out of Durham, North Carolina. Yeah, so this comes on the heels of active conversation over the last several months uh, that really has just built about this issue. And um, resolution number two that the messengers passed, uh, just titled On Abuse, really brought together with one voice uh, the statement that we want to make. But a lot of times, you know, we make statements through our resolutions, uh, but then we have to step back and say, okay, now how are we going to ensure that what we say is what we do? And uh, so this is a, a, a presidential study group, essentially. Yes, not a task force. Uh, right. That is is going to consider what that looks like to actually yes. take action. Yeah, the, the press release says, consider how Southern Baptists at every level can take discernible action to respond swiftly and compassionately to incidents of abuse, as well as to foster safe environments within churches and institutions. Uh, the presidential study group is going to consist of outside experts and Southern Baptist leaders who will advise Pastor Greer on issues related to sexual abuse, sexual assault, domestic violence, and related subjects. I'm glad to see this. I appreciate uh, J.D., you know, this is kind of one of the first things we've seen and heard uh, from our new Southern Baptist Convention president. So uh, this is a, a very good step forward, I think, for the convention as a whole, something that we're admitting that there's a problem to and seeking to find ways to fix that and create better environments for uh, abuse victims as well as to prevent abuse. Yes, this is a conversation that as as we said, has been going for a while. I don't really see it ending. And so to see uh, the the SBC president kind of step up really at the beginning of his term, uh, I think is important. And also related to a story that we kind of talked about last week, the IMB has uh, released a, a statement this past week. David Platt uh, released a statement late Wednesday night on the case that we've been talking about involving Mark Aderholt and Anne-Marie Miller. Amy, tell us about that statement. This came last night. It was from IMB President David Platt. Uh, we've seen some interaction in the media, uh, some statements from the IMB in some different uh, news articles, things like that, about this case. But this uh, was the first sort of major statement that's come out, the first one from David Platt. 
that that was posted at the IMB's website, and then there's a Baptist Press story that we will link to in the show notes as well. Uh, essentially, just said we're gonna I'm gonna speak clearly about this. I uh, cannot comment on specific details, but I can at least say that you know many things in this are are disturbing, and so because of that. Uh, he announced he is commencing a, he said, a thorough outside independent examination of IMB's handling of past actions, including this case and any other similar situations, and also of the current policies and practices uh, to just ensure that what they are doing is completely and consistently enforced. So, he, he said all of that uh, major, the major thing in that is, is calling for an outside independent examination, then uh, made a public apology to Ann Miller and, um, and thanked her for the courage she showed in speaking up. So uh, this is pretty significant. Uh, and then I, I think what's, imp- what was important for me to read in this statement, it's amazing as a, as a female to hear four words from our leaders, uh, four words from one of our leaders, and it's, uh, we must do better. And there is something about hearing a leader say that, that just begins to give the sense of hope that things, that, that we're taking steps to a new day. So I thought, I honestly, in the entire statement, that was, that was the most important thing to read where he said, we must do better because I felt like when you take the rest of the statement and put it with that, you say, okay, this is a serious, yeah. uh, serious step. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, and I, I'm glad to see a serious response uh, from the IMB. And also, like you mentioned, uh, the, the apology to uh, Anne Marie Miller. And also Anne Miller put on Twitter, I noticed last night that, she had spoken by phone uh, with both David Platt and Russell Moore. And then uh, she had tweeted earlier that she had sent an email to J.D. Greer and she received a supportive email from him back, according to yeah. this tweet. So and and seemed uh, to express a lot of gratitude for that, said thank you, uh, said she was deeply encouraged by their words and the actions that will follow. So uh, it definitely seems like there's been just sort of a turn in this uh, in this story. So we will we will see what's next. All right. Well, there's a couple of other related um, articles about this and the the, the Me Too movement kind of that the SBC is facing right now. All of this kind of, uh, you know, encapsulated in the study group that we mentioned at the top of the show. So I'm sure this is a topic that we will continue to uh, watch and continue to follow in the SBC in the coming weeks and months. All right, Amy, moving on uh, down the road from you down in Ridgecrest a couple of weeks ago, Black Church Week. We've talked about it before. Uh, the 25th anniversary of Black Church Week, uh, Black Church Leadership and Family Conference at Ridgecrest. Uh, 25 years they've been having that there, and they had a great crowd. I, I had a couple of Lifeway friends that you know were at that and presenting at that. So, and they they mentioned how incredible of a conference it was. That's great. I've always heard really incredible things about this particular week at Ridgecrest, uh, both from folks who have been, uh, from from uh, speakers who have gone, and uh, so it's always exciting when you do something for 25 years. Um, and just congratulations to the folks, particularly Jay Wells, uh, who I think 
started it or helped yep. to start it uh, and was there. I know that 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 it must have been a really great experience just to take yeah, all that in. Started back in 1993 as a Sunday school training event for churches in African-American context. Uh, you know, there's a lot of questions. Sometimes you hear the, the term black church. It's a it's just a, a context, really a uh, subset research wise. A, a lot of times we see it. You know, uh, there was a, a Pew study out. Uh, I don't know if you saw this while you're in um, Japan or not, Amy, but black millennials much more religiously engaged than white millennials. Oh, wow. Uh, I did well. not so see that. That was no. a Pew study out just a few weeks ago or just about a week and a half ago. We, we had a post at Facts and Trends about that. But uh, just some different there's some different cultural aspects, you know, within the African-American church, especially the traditional African-American church. Uh, so some people sometimes have questions about the, the name of the week and things like that. So uh, always good to uh, to give that disclaimer and explanation. So uh, but speaking of Ridgecrest. Yes. This is exciting here. Approximately 70,000 people have visited in the past year and, and they need volunteers at Ridgecrest. That's a good problem to have. That's a great problem to have. At Ridgecrest, I, I'm telling you, I've been going there. I've been at Lifeway now seven years. First time I went was when I was with Lifeway. I'd never been before. Right. And the first year I went, it, it was kind of what you expect, you know, out of a Baptist camp. I've been to a few of them, Shaco Springs in Alabama, a couple others. And it was just kind of your run of the mill, you know, place. They have seriously upgraded Ridgecrest, and it shows in the participation and the the, the capacity that they are they're you know having to to work with now. I mean, it is absolutely booming at Ridgecrest. Well, this is this is really great news, and so you know we put that out there to say first of all, go and check it out. If you're doing something or having event, having an event, a retreat of some sort, uh, see if you can go to Ridgecrest because. Really, really great things happening there. Uh, but also, if you if you have the flexibility to volunteer, go and do that. The conference center provides housing for you. Some of your meals, uh, laundry services are available. It's a great opportunity to go uh, spend some time in a beautiful area and to oh, serve and help. There. Oh, I love it there. I love yeah, it. And and we've done, we've had Art Sneed, who runs the place, uh, we've had him on the podcast. Yes. We've uh, done a, we did a Facebook Live there once, you know, just kind of a quick tour of some of the upgrades they were having. The upgrades they've made in the past three to five years under Art have absolutely set that thing apart. And I mean, it is just, I mean, it's nicer than any camp that you're going to go to or conference center, you know, in the, in the woods, so to speak, uh, that you're going to go to. It is, it is top notch. It's easily accessible. And I would guess that it's probably within a you know a short drive of thousands and thousands of Southern Baptist churches. Oh, sure. So if if you're looking for a place, I mean, this is a perfect place for like a marriage retreat. If you want to do that, it's a perfect place for a deacon leadership training retreat or something like that. They've got conference areas. They've got uh, you know rooms, cafeteria. The food there, I think the food there is fantastic. And I'm a I'm a food kind of snob, but the food there is always top notch to me. Uh, that's some of the, that's one of the things people, you know, kind of like they don't, they worry about camp food or conference center food. Right. It's top notch. They do it right, folks. Uh, but yeah, they need volunteers. And, and, you know, also there's room for you if you, if you want to go. And I think there's a minister's discount. You can call Ridgecrest, talk to them about that. I think there's a minister's discount. So if you're on staff at a church, you get some kind of discount for uh, room nights. Uh, it's, it's just a great place. So highly encourage you to check it out. Uh, and if you have time to volunteer, Go do it. I mean, you know, free rooming for a couple of weeks. Volunteer, help them out. They get food service, hospitality, guest relations, facility maintenance. So if 
Maybe you want to do a mission trip and go up there and do some, uh, you know, with your church and do some facility maintenance. They probably can help you out. So check it out, uh, the website uh, at Ridgecrest uh, or the uh, the BP News story here. Uh, you can visit ridgecrestconferencecenter.org slash volunteer uh, for more information. So uh, just a great, great place up there. Can't wait to get back to Ridgecrest. It's been a while since I've been. Hopefully uh, back there soon. Speaking of conference centers, you know, I'm headed yeah. to Falls Creek oh, in a couple go. of weeks. I am. See, that's that's so not fair. Because um, we had we had uh, Hans Dilbeck on a couple weeks ago while you were in Japan. Yes, and uh, we talked. I talked to him about that, and he's like, "You should come. You should come. Are you going? You're not going for college week? I am. You? I'm going for oh, college week. Good grief! You're just living my best life now. I've told you that. You've been to Canada and Japan. Now you're going to Falls Creek. Then you're going to Eng- England and Ireland. Yes. It's just ah. Oh. You yeah. live such a glamorous life, Amy. So headed to Lifeway Collegiate Week. It looks like it's going to be a great, uh, great event. Um, good speakers. David Platt is speaking, and yeah, and I believe it's the worship band from uh, the the Passion Worship Band. I think. Yeah. Um. So really, really good week. It looks like. Uh, but there's one breakout speaker. I think is going to do a fantastic job. Really excited about going to his sessions. Let me guess, Keith Whitfield. Keith Whitfield, yes. Um, so I'll definitely be there for that. And then I'm going to be there to, to talk to people about Southeastern. So oh, very cool. That's awesome. That's good for Keith getting to do that. That's pretty neat. So I'm jealous. I really am. Well, it's it's going to be really nice. We're looking forward to it. Um, All right. One of these days I need to tell you about College Week and how it like changed the course of my life, even though I wasn't there. Oh, okay. So well, that's a, nice. a fun little story there. But um but that's for a different day. All right. But looking forward to heading to Falls Creek. Speaking of uh, Lifeway, as you, as we're talking about Collegiate Week and Ridgecrest and all that, I saw a great news about Lifeway that it made Forbes list of uh, best employers for women. And I yes. wholeheartedly support that ranking. Yes. I think that's fantastic. Yes. I so- loved, I loved working for Lifeway and thought it was and I would certainly list it as a great employer for women. Well, you're welcome back anytime. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> our friends at Southeastern might not appreciate that. But uh, no yes, comment. Uh, named to the top 300 employers for women uh, in the U.S. by Forbes magazine. So That's beat fantastic. out the, the likes did, of Visa how, and a couple others. How was that decided? We were named one of the top 500 like mid-sized employers or whatever it was uh, last year anyway. But okay. it's part of a HR survey. They do HR, these HR groups do surveys, uh, you know, big national groups, and they do surveys of employee, you know, employers and, and the workforce, and it's just based on the scoring of the uh, the employment, or based on the scoring of the surveys. So That's our great. survey ranking was high enough to get us in the top, whatever it was, 500, 400 uh, mid-sized employers. It's in the top 300 for women, so... It's just a testimony to the leadership here, Dr. Rayner and Selma Wilson and everything they've done to create a, a culture that's inviting for women and supportive of women and that, that recognizes women's gifts, talents, and abilities and, and does as much as we can to uh, to make those and grow those and and to, to give women abilities to, to lead in the workplace. Fantastic. So it's exciting. I work with a ton of great women and and it's just it's exciting to see you know their talents affirmed in this way. Excellent. Very cool. Well, congratulations. All right. Well, finally, we've got uh, news from Bolivar, Missouri. Eric A. Turner was unanimously selected as the 25th president of Southwest Baptist University 
earlier this month. Very cool. A lot of lot of Baptist universities naming new presidents these days. Yeah. So I uh, did see a uh, also the Carson Newman. Uh, I think we talked about this past week. Uh, Carson Newman, president. Uh, that was last on last week. You know, he's stepping down, announced his retirement at the end of the year. So a lot of transitions going on in our academic institutions these days. But that's going to do it for us for the news part of our program. That's going to bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. We're going to go to 2010, uh, just eight years ago, when uh, Baptist Press reported that the IMB in their trustee meeting, which had been just a couple of days uh, before that, had decided to move on uh, recommendations from the Great Commission Resurgence Task Force uh, that had just been earlier uh, in the summer. And the recommendation in particular was um, to modify the primary ministry assignment of the IMB, taking out wording that excluded the IMB from working with people groups in North America. So that that was a big shift. Very big shift. So saying that unreached people groups aren't defined by geographic boundaries. Gordon Fort says that in there, um, that there's been a clear distinction between home and foreign missions. But as the nations kept coming to us, the lines, you know, were beginning to blur. So like, for example, Nashville uh, being, the place, the largest uh, Kurdish community yeah. in North America. Yeah, well, I think it's outside the Middle East. The largest yeah. Kurdish community uh, outside the pro- Middle East is here so in town. Is in Nashville there, and so the way that was uh, breaking down was that the IMB could not do anything to work with a community like that, or um, I believe is it in Minneapolis that there's a large uh, Somali community mm-hmm. that. Places like that where we have yeah. pockets of people groups in North America, yeah. but the IMB did not have the assignment or the authority to do anything to work with those people groups. And uh, that was one recommendation of the GCR task force that uh, c- kind of came out of that work. And so it was eight years ago that the IMB said, okay, we're going to, we're going to, to, we're going to change this. We're going to fix this. Yeah. So uh, that's it's kind of a big deal because, as you said, oh, it's a, a huge big, deal. really big missiological shift and sort of understanding of where those lines were. And I think we have seen that uh, NAM and IMB in the last eight years have worked very well uh, in in things like this um, and and really complement one another. But uh, it all really got started this week in SBC history. Yeah, because uh, it makes sense because what what NAM would have to do if they wanted to reach those Kurdish people here in the States, they'd have to train people like international missionaries, but keep them here in Nashville right. or the Somalis or Hmong people up in Minnesota. I mean, you got these huge pockets of immigrant populations. What better way than to have the IMB having people, you know, especially when it comes to like the, the Kurdish people, a, a lot of them are located in, in the Middle East in closed countries or in countries where it's really dangerous. Why not train people to reach them here, raise up indigenous leaders who can then go back and can traverse into those countries uh, with, you know, their own passports and right. you don't have to worry about the, those closed country issues uh, like that. So, that was a, a great shift, I think, this week in SPC history. So uh, I'm, I'm glad to see that. And I think the IMB and North American Mission Board are both better off for that. 
I agree. All right. Well, that's going to move us to our resources of the week. My resource of the week is uh, a new book by Michael Hyatt, No Fail Meetings. I just got this a couple of weeks ago, and it's really about what it sounds like. It's about having meetings that are productive and aren't failures. I have a a propensity uh, and tendency, I guess you could say, uh, to be very frustrated in meetings that don't do anything. Um, So I go into meetings and nothing happens. It's a waste of my time and everybody else's time, and that frustrates me greatly. So uh, this book here is is really just about how to to not be the cause, you know, be the change you want to see basically in the world. So to help me uh, to run better and more productive meetings and not to fall into some of those traps that cause uh, meetings that fail. So uh, I, I highly recommend that if you're leading staff meetings, you know, every week as a pastor or if you're just, uh, you know, leading meetings, however, whatever it may be, I recommend the book No Fail Meetings by Michael Hyatt make you meet more efficiently and better and, uh, you know, better meetings help the entire team. Right, Amy? Absolutely. That's my resource of the week. Your resource of the week is? Mine is um, the Lifeway Women's Leadership Forum. So uh, registration's been open for a a little while now, but I hadn't gotten a chance to talk about it. And so I wanted to throw that out there. It is uh, November 8th through the 10th at Long Hollow Baptist Church. Um, Are you coming? At this stage, I'm planning on being there. Uh, so some great speakers, uh, Jen Wilkin, Jeff Orge, Lauren Chandler, Jackie Hill Perry, Jennifer Rothschild, uh, Travis Cottrell doing worship and, uh, just some really great, there's always excellent breakouts, opportunities for networking. Um, I really, really, uh, love my time there and we always go, you know, Southeastern always has a presence there as well. So I think it's going to be a great a great year again. Um, so really want to encourage uh, any any women who just want to uh, want to learn, want to meet others. Uh, the kind of the tagline is equipping every woman for God's call. Um, it's a the one thing I like about it is it's it's really packed in, but I don't find it a, an overwhelming event. Um, you learn a lot, and I mean I come in on Thursday morning usually. And then I come back on Saturday uh, afternoon, evening. So it's not, I don't feel like I'm gone too long, but I do get a lot out of being there. So yeah. And now that it's on the north side of town, it's a little easier to get to from your parents, right? It is. Although last, although. last year I kind of decided because my, my family, uh, I, I grew up on the northwest side. So it's really to get over to where Long Holla is. You kind of have to come down into some of the traffic to get you can't over. Get there from here, yeah. My my parents' best friends, uh, who have been you know like second family to me, they have a bed and breakfast that is in a White House, so it's not far from Long Island. Oh, okay, yeah. And I stayed there last time, and, and that was very nice. And my parents actually came over for breakfast, so I still got to see them and hang out with them, uh, but was a little bit closer. So I don't know. We'll see what I do this time. I may bring uh, Mary with me, uh, so we may just be out at uh, out at my parents' house. We'll see. That's cool. Yep. It's entirely possible I may be at the Women's Forum this year. Excellent. So we're, we're in talks about a, a certain podcast that I'm on uh, coming out there nice. and, and doing something. So very cool. We don't. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but I just got. I had a meeting about that this week, so we'll see. Very. I'm cool. hoping it does. Uh, my wife is goes every year, and she really enjoys it. So yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm hoping, and maybe it'd be be kind of fun to be out there with her. Yeah, for at least a little bit. 
you know, the, the hour two really great opportunity potting information. So that'll be fun. All right. Well, yeah, that's one of our biggest events that we do for women. It's probably one of the biggest women's training events that we have uh, or that is out there, period. Uh, you know, just specifically for training women leaders. Yes. Uh, not just a women's conference. This isn't a women's conference. Uh, I mean, it is a women's conference, but it's not that type of women's conference. This is come get trained to lead in your church, right. uh, to lead women, to lead ministries in your church. Leadership so, training uh, specifically. Yeah. It's a great, great thing from Lifeway. So exciting times. And uh, I'm, I'm glad you'll be able to come for that because uh, I know Kelly King will love to see you at that one. That's uh, one of her big things that she does every year. So yep. uh, we've had Kelly on in the past on the podcast here. So uh, always good to to have her around here at Lifeway and uh, everything that she's doing here for us. Uh, we're excited about that. So, all right. Well, Amy, that's going to do it for us this week. I'm glad you're back. Uh, I know that you had a great time in Japan, ate all the food, all the sushi. Uh, you got to tell me about the sushi when we get it done recording. I want to hear about that. Because you said that it's like the greatest sushi you've ever had? Yes, most definitely. Well, you would expect that, right? I mean, right. you go to Italy, you expect to have the best pasta you've ever had, right? Yes. One of those kind of things? Yes. But it, so, generally, all food in Japan, it didn't matter what it was. It was all it awesome. It was all awesome. I'm still salivating over the donut. so Pretty amazing. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. We'll see you next week. See you next week. See you next week.